Put your Bibles up there or your mobile phone. Lift it up with me and just say, repeat this after me. Lord, influence me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. Reveal your heart to us. We need you. When I open my mouth, I pray that your words will flow through me and will penetrate the hearts and minds of the listeners. Not only here, but also in the online. So you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the things the Lord put in my heart uh, to share this morning, uh, it's a topic, uh, you can write it down, it's called Why Not Women? And of course, here we have 85% of women in the church. Women. We live in a culture where women are extremely marginalized. Women are not given the equal rights. And of course, you know what happens in India Women are considered even to a point of second-class citizen. And women are not given enough rights or equal rights. And there is a feminist movement that started. And the feminist movement is actually not a pro-woman movement. Let me clarify what I mean. What does that mean? Feminist movement is a movement that started out of the rage and the bitterness towards men. So what they say, you're going to smoke one packet cigarette? I'm going to do it two packets. It's not empowering women. It's actually anti-men. So feminist movement is actually anti-men. It's not a pro-woman. It's not looking for opportunities to empower women. It looks for opportunities for making tit-for-tat. You get my point? Kapish? Okay. So what I want to do is uh, go through some Bible scriptures. We will go randomly. So we will pick here and there. It's not up in the screen as I told you. But I will make a statement. If you are taking notes, write it down. When truth moves from concept to conviction, it affects its behavior. Let me say this again. When truth moves from concept to conviction, it affects its behavior. What does that mean? You can know the truth here, but it doesn't bring a conviction in your heart. It's going to stay as a formula. It's going to stay as a beautiful phrase, a sketch phrase, but it's not going to change our behavior. Religion always focuses on external modification. Kingdom focuses on internal behavioral changes. So, religion focuses on external modification. If you come to church, you, you go to certain churches, you have to wear certain type of clothes, you have to be certain way of, you, you have to pretense. It's all about talk about pretense. That's why when the Romans, when they try to build these uh, columns, they will build, and the ones that without crack, they will apply wax, and they will say, uh, sincera, which means without wax. They will, they, that's where the word comes when we write our letters and we say yours sincerely which is actually a word that came out of the Latin where it's, it's a sincera which means no wax no covering I'm honest with you so that's how they would do it but what I'm trying to make a point here is this I, I'll let me read it down for you it's very simple masking our unbelief with a spineless theology is a great deception. In other words, stupidity often looks like intelligence in the absence of experience. In other words, we have a concept. It's, it's not really based on the word. It's based on the traditions. And in India, it's a 5,000-year-old culture, we have a lot of tradition. One of the tradition is woman is a second-class citizen. Hello? Can I just have some honest... 
Yes, woman is considered a second class. And sadly, instead of church discipling the world, the world discipling the church. Instead of us bringing the light into the darkness, we brought the darkness. And that's why today we have come up with a culture inside the church. I don't know what's your church background, but I grew up in a church background where women can never be a pastor. Women can never come up to the pulpit and share. And that's, you know, I grew up in this kind of environment where women can never be a preacher, women can never teach, women can never, you know, be a pastor, women can never communi- give a communion, women can never baptize, women can never ordain someone, women can never officiate a wedding. And I grew up thinking, this is all Bible. Because they gave some references from the Bible, said, women should be quiet, chup karo, andar chalo. You know, they said words like that from some misquoted scriptures. So I created a theology. That's why I wrote down here. I created a lazy theology that somehow releases me from the responsibility by shifting blame to your God who puts me in charge. You get my point? So what I did, I created a theology. That theology is called a lazy theology that says, well, everybody does this. So in my church also we do this. So we conformed to the patterns of the world rather than to the thoughts and mind of God. Okay, so what I'm going to share now, it's going to rock your world. What I'm going to share, it might be quite controversial. You've never heard it or you heard it maybe an echo or maybe you agree with me. You may not agree with me, but it's okay. But the truth is what's going to set us free. That's what I want to share. Why? Because we live in a world where it's anti-women. It's not pro-women. And it's, you know, one of the things when God said, the funniest way, when God brought Adam, you know, inside, when God made Adam, inside Adam was also women. So the male has got man and woman. So when the man was brought, he was brought before all the animals and God said, hey, can you name? The Bible adds some humor to it. If you read the first couple of chapters, it says, he, God brought him so that he could name the animals and also find a suitable helper. So my imagination goes like this. He might have seen oh, each animal pass by. He might have first seen a giraffe. He's like, man, to give her a kiss, I have to climb on a ladder. That's not going to work. Okay, then comes the hippopotamus. Oh my, she can keep me warm, but I'm in Velour. I no need to be warm. I'm already warm. So, you know, so she, he might have gone through this whole list. And then the Bible says, he went and slept and God found there was no suitable helper. And God said this, it is not good for a man to be alone. And then God took women out from his middle part of the body. And then, you know the story. So out of that came women. And the Bible says, now a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. Exactly opposite Indian culture does. Hello? Have you seen the old Tamil movies or Hindi or Telugu movies? The girl gets married and then they will go up to the road and she sits in this old Fiat car and says bye and the tinted window screen she will turn and there is a song the family song they will sing. And it will sing. They sing for 45 kilometers. They can hear still. That only happens in Bollywood movies. 
and then they will like express everything and she becomes like a unpaid servant in the father in law's house hello come on and we live with this culture it's not empowering women so i will i will go quickly into into the matter what i wanted to share there are three scriptures paul strictly says women should not talk women should keep quiet women should cover their heads and all those things okay that is the scripture they take to argue that women should do this women should not do this so let's give a little bit of background okay wonderful so how many letters paul wrote paul wrote 13 letters okay entire new testament almost two thirds of the new testament is written by paul he wrote 13 letters and he wrote to nine different geographical locations how many nine different geographical locations i want you to go home and do some research then you will understand what i am trying to talk to you so and then in only in three locations listen to me very carefully only in three locations he tells very clearly women should keep quiet women should cover their head women should not talk if they have a question they can go home and ask their husband hello okay how many locations he wrote nine locations how many letters he wrote 13 letters how many locations he said women chup karo three what are those three i'm going to give you you can write it down number 1 corinth number 2 ephesus number 3 island of crete guess where all those three located in greece all those three are located in greece i have been to greece two years ago in a city of thessaloniki i preached in a refugee oriented church there are tons of refugees and and this church host them and bring them to the gospel and amazing work they do and uh, i was in the place where paul was arrested you know and they have this old ruins and everything fabulous place but if you look at the greek culture it's completely different than the the culture where we live in so let's go quickly into that corinth is a it's a greek city with a woman god okay and ephesus paul writes it to timothy where he passes a greek city with a woman god named diana and diana means multi-breasted god that's what diana means so god of fertility okay so stop your imagination go to the point and the third one is island of crete island of crete is also a small little island where it's in a greece country so let's go a little deeper in that if you want to look at the bible the bible has 40 different writers people used to say 40 authors no i don't say 40 authors i say 40 different writers but one author his name is called holy spirit okay so it's written over the period of 1500 years i'm just giving you you know don't get bored with my numbers and stuff i love little bit of history so that we all know we are on the current page you know so it's written over the period of 1500 to 2000 years and it is written from different uh, backgrounds some of them are poets some of them are kings some of them are scribes and pagans and the, some of them are fishermen one guy is a doctor he wrote the book called acts you know you have a bunch of mix of people who wrote this but if you look Paul's writing he wrote 13 books but in the nine he just doesn't say anything in fact he empowers women in the nine for example Aquila and Priscilla he empowers the Lydia one of the lady who first helped him to start a church in Europe the first christian convert Lydia 
and and then he had a woman empowering him to go on a missionary journey he did three missionary journeys entire europe so he did all those beautiful stuff he never mentions but only in these places when he writes to the ephesian church when he writes to the corinthian church when he writes to the timothy because these guys are located in a greek city and he wants to empower something which we as church misinterpreted totally so let's go a little bit back and look at these three cultures of greek culture roman culture and jewish culture you with me don't lose me okay before you go to the greek culture let's go look at the jewish culture because the bible uh, is full of uh, jews right so let's look at that so women in jewish culture had no authority in other words they had no education they were actually a property of men women cannot vote women cannot have a polygamous relationship men can have a polygamous relationship women cannot have women cannot go and say well i am going to choose 1 2 3 4 5 no they cannot have they have no rights whereas men can do that and still it is practiced if you go to afghanistan and some other cultures in the eastern countries where women cannot even co sit with the husband and eat a meal together it's still practiced in india hello women cannot eat a meal together have you seen movies where the guy eats then a banana leaf and he leaves a little bit of food and the woman will come and join i asked one day i went to an home in south park i am from the south also trinelveli and one guy was eating and he left a small little bit of rice and i asked why you are leaving it it's for my wife to join i asked why because in tamil they say varavu vittu podakada that means the connection should not be i said that's very wonderful why should you start the connection let her start the connection you join it later and he never invited me again to his house but i delivered my message hallelujah no hallelujahs for that huh? <laughs> you get my point this is where it gets really ridiculous you know and then you have movies where it the guy will lose his wife and then he will find another girl and he will say these are my old wife's pattu podaves you know silk sarees these are my wife's jewelries these are my wife's now you will take is there any movie where it says the woman loses her husband and then she finds another guy and says these are the lungis my ex husband were wearing <laughs> hello hmm these are the underwear jockeys hmm i hope it fits you there is nothing like that i am adding some humor to it but this is the reality of what we are facing and this is exactly what the jewish culture faced the jewish culture women had no authority they had no education the women were the property of men polygamy was common and women cannot testify women cannot come to synagogue synagogue had four levels outer court inner court holy place most holy place you get my point outer court inner court holy place most holy place women can must come late and leave early women should join the lepers hello when a woman has periods she cannot even come closer and serve she has to stay away that's the same culture they have it even in tamil veetla dooram poirka they say that what does that mean she has to stay away if you look at some of the old the aval the the brahmanal you know they keep the women separate during the time why because this is how it is so women cannot testify so if imagine if jyotish punched me on my face and uh, and suddenly divya saw it and she wants to say hey this is wrong well she goes can testify it's not taken 
Because she is a woman. Guess whom Jesus revealed when he rose up? Hello? Jesus was in the empowering business. Amen? I'm excited about this. I don't know about you. Woman cannot read a Torah. You know what is a Torah? It's the religious sacred book of the Jews. Okay. In fact, one rabbi, his name is Rabbi Ulcer. I mean, I don't know whether he had Ulcer. But he said this, I would rather burn entire Torah from all over the world rather than allowing a woman to read the Torah. So he was furious that women cannot even read the Torah. So woman was illiterate. That's the Jewish culture, my friend. It's ridiculous to look at it. And you know what happens? This is the most frustrating part about the Jewish culture. If you read the book of in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, you will have one particular culture. is the Jewish culture. And then from Malachi to Matthew, all we have in the English Bible or in Tamil Bible or Malayalam Bible is one white blank page. But what we have is the 400 years of silence. During that 400 years of silence, something erupted. It's a new religion. What is it called? It's called Judaism. And Judaism took the 252 laws. There are 252 laws. They just exaggerated it and they made six. 113 laws. How many laws? 613 laws. You don't need to believe everything what I'm saying. You can do your own research. It's all going to come true. 613 laws. In that 613 laws, 100 laws are written against women. That's why the word Pharisees, Sadducees, you will never read that in the Old Testament. Hello? You might read scribes, but not Pharisees and Sadducees. Because those Pharisees and Sadducees existed after this born of this new religion called Judaism. So women cannot pray. Women cannot recite morning prayers. Women should come late to church, to synagogue, along with the, along with the lepers, and they have to leave early. It's still practiced. I was in Israel the hundredth country God took, some of you know that his testimony, God opened doors for me to go and preach. The hundredth nation to preach was in Israel. When I was there and the synagogue, women cannot enter. It's still true. And there is a wailing wall. Women cannot go there. There is a separate place for women, very down there. Only the men can go. In fact, the most important place where you can go and you can see the old the temple where uh, Nero built at the wall and 2,000 years ago, that place only men can see. Women cannot see. There is a big division there. This is still practiced today. So this is the life of a Jewish culture. Life of a Roman culture is a bit relaxed. It looks, the woman can still own properties. The woman can still buy properties. They can go, uh, they can study. Isn't it interesting? When you leave religion, your life gets more relaxed. Does it ring a bell? The religion controls. Kingdom empowers. Isn't, isn't it beautiful? The religion controls. Kingdom empowers. So what happens? The Romans, they are more relaxed. They can buy property. They can go to school. They can still, you know, they can still live kind of a normal life. But still, the machista, which is the Spanish word for male dominant culture, still existed. Okay, let's look at the Greek culture. This is where it gets really messed up. The Greek culture... They consider women came first. 
Woman, God didn't create man first. God created woman first. They, that's how they believe. They, that's why all the goddesses are women goddesses. So all the gods are women. So they believe because they believe the man should, in order for a man to come, he, he has to be born in a womb. So God has to first create a woman. Then that's the first logic point they have. The second logic point is man cannot get anything he wants in life unless woman gives it. So the woman has a controlling power, sex. So she can control it in, in a way that whatever, whenever she can give, he can take it. Otherwise he can't. So they believed these two concepts and that's why they had this women were adored. They believed they came first. Authority comes from women. Sex drive of men comes from women. That means she has the controlling power. So the, those are the two major reasons that woman, man came, man didn't come first, woman came first, so out of that man comes, and the second part was sex. These were the two main reasons the Greek culture thrived on women. So you will have cities, like for example, Paul was writing to Timothy. He was saying, women can be still saved through childbirth. What was that he was saying? He was saying the woman, the, the, the woman won't come to church in those days. Why? They will go to this uh, Greek goddesses, Diana, they will run around the temple. We still have that even in our Indian Tamil culture. We go under the banyan tree, there is a shivalingam, the women go around, you know, and then they will, that's why they say, you know, Arasamartha Suti Patitu Topula Patal, which means she goes around the temple and then she thought she is going to be pregnant. This is a mindset that people believed that if you go to the Diana God, the God of fertility is going to protect you because that time, the, during the childbirth, tons of people were dying. They didn't have proper medication. You know, you can imagine that. So, they believed this beautiful goddesses, Diana is going to protect. So, that's why Paul's writing is saying, women can still be saved through childbirth. What does that mean? You can still come to church. God is the one, is the author of life. Okay, these are the backgrounds of the three different cultures. The Jewish culture. What is the second one? The Roman culture, the Greek culture. Let's get into the subject, okay? So, now we have misinterpreted that couple of verses where it says in 1 Corinthians 14, where women should not talk. You might have read that, 1 Corinthians 14, and then it goes again in somewhere in Ephesians and also in, in Timothy. If they have doubt, go and ask. You know, all those things, I, we don't have time to go into the little bit nitty-bitty of the of the details, but I'm just giving you overall because at the end of the day I would like to pray with the women and speak life over them. We are going to empower them and to see God is going to be glorified. But so, the point is this, we take those scriptures and make a theology out of it. And today, if you look at it, there are churches sternly warning that women can never be a pastor. Anybody comes from that kind of background? Okay, wonderful. It's nothing wrong. I don't want you to uh, feel ashamed or whatever. I come from a background also. Woman can never be a pastor. Woman can never give a communion. Woman can never baptize. Woman can never do this. So we realize this and then people, a lot of people will come and say, Oh, Charles, you want to be very modernized. You want to be more, you know, westernized. That's why you're preaching the gospel. It's nothing to do with westernized. It's to do with the Bible. Read your Bible. Amen. So, let's go a little bit uh, in deeper. 
In the Old Testament, this is the key. If you are taking notes, write it down. If the Old Testament woman can be a leader of a tribe and a nation, how much better and greater must be after the cross? This is my only argument to you this morning. In the Old Testament, before the cross, see, cross defines us. Cross defines our worship. Cross defines our sacrifice. Cross defines our sin. Okay? Our sin is paid on the cross. Our sacrifice stopped because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. Okay? Our worship is determined based on the cross. The cross is the definition of a new generation Christian. You and me are defined after cross. That's, this is who we are. We look at the cross, we know, man, I'm supposed to be nailed there. Wow! I am not the sacrifice. Jesus is the sacrifice. What can I bring to worship? He is the ultimate one that I can worship. Nothing else I can add to the worship. You understand? My sin, it's dealt forever where I am seated next to him in the heavenlies. Ephesians 2. This is my position. My position comes on my relationship with him. What he did, accomplished on the cross. Okay, if that is the case after the cross, how much we should be thinking about empowering women? Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. If that was the case, think about how women were empowered before the cross. Look at the scriptures. Look at Deborah, for example. She was, the Bible calls her a judge. You know what is the role of a judge? It's not the, the judge Judy that you will watch on the TV. Some of you may know, you know. And it's not that, it's, it's the judge that runs the nation. And the Bible says, she went and fought and got the victory and she said, hey guys, listen. I'm going to about to get the victory, but please come. You guys come and finish the matter so that you can go and tell we got the victory, we got the victory. Otherwise, the whole world is going to realize a woman saved Israel. This is not in the Harry Potter book. It's in the Old Testament. Hello? Esther, her name is Adasha. Okay? One girl wrote her Esther and went to a clinic here. The receptionist wrote yes dot dar. So she was calling dar, dar, dar and she was still sitting there. And finally asked, I am calling you only. Yeah, what's your name? Yes, sir. That's what I am calling, dar. Anyway, I just needed to add that humor. So, Yes, Adasha. She was a beautiful girl. She was a 16-year-old girl brought into this, this uh, erotomaniac king who wants to sleep with every night one girl and have his sexual erotic pleasures and he wants to prove. And his wife, beautiful wife, Vasti, she refused to do a belly dance before the rest of his friends. That's the story actually. Hello? The Bible says the king was drunk. He wants to show off his beautiful wife to the officials and to the 127 provinces. Someone, someone from India also was there. Show me Vasti, brother. Hello? And Vasti said, you know what? I'm not going to show it to the Indian fellows. Sorry. 
and we we kind of twisted that don't be like a vasti be like esther obey the king hello it's so stupid how do you interpret scriptures this guy is a erotomania he wants to sleep then all the losers they came together with a beautiful statement if she refused every woman is going to refuse so let's make a rule hello guys you're looking at me as if like i'm telling you a story of a harry potter this is from the book of esther you read it for yourself and then all of these losers bunch of losers came together and from maybe the indian guy would have said i have an idea let's banner from the province and then this guy feeling alone they said let's go and find a, a beautiful girl they they took her and they have to prepare and every night this girls have to go and thank god this beautiful 16 year old jewish girl adasha won the favor and the story is rest she saves the entire nation Now what does it mean even though you feel as women so downtrodden used as a mat used as a tool as an instrument not looked as a person god still uses that person to empower and deliver entire nation that's the story of the old testament come on not like oh don't be like vasti be like esther if anybody preaches like that slap yourself don't slap them amen see this is the story of adasha this is the story of deborah you i have tons of people like that you can see the stories keep on going like that you know there's another girl who pegged the king jail and then there was another girl tamar and then you have this girl who is actually a prostitute a rahab you know yeah the naaman's naaman's uh, servant girl and the bible doesn't even record the name of that girl it records all the other names some of the names i wonder why my what must you may be smoking to write the, write all these names you know but then the hero of the story of naam is that unnamed girl who says you know what is that unnamed girl's job she was left she was taken she was not hired she was taken by force by the syrian army commander and she was taken by force her dad mom brothers culture nation religion food everything she has to leave by force and get into this pagan culture be with this leprous guy who pretends he is a commander outside strong macho but inside he is a leper she could have have all the rights to curse him in the name of yahweh he said you know what there is a prophet in my town better go there there are unnamed written heroes in the bible we forget to realize why we are reading from the goggles of machista culture that's what i want to i want to tell you see it from the eyes of the kingdom how many scriptures day in day out you will read how god empowers women if this was the case before the cross my only challenge is this after the cross how it should be see this is what i wrote down the leaders and judges in the old testament or deborah and others such and such and we celebrate them and we can't after the cross have women as a leader over 50 people in our congregation if we can celebrate the leaders in the previous culture before the cross 
how much more we should celebrate after the cross and if we cannot even tolerate women being a pastor i call that absolute nonsense i know some of you it may be shocking for some of you it may look like man this guy is maybe a heresy look at the scriptures read the scriptures for yourself i believe this when we empower women we empower both men and women together because god is both male and female if you diminish one part of the body the whole body suffers that's what paul writes if one part of the body suffers the whole body suffers if i believe the reason why india and churches even after 2000 years saint thomas came first to kerala he visited the nambudris you know the story the legend goes like that he visited the nambudris and that's how so many the high caste christians in, in kerala they came to know the lord because the legend goes like this he went to the temple and he said if your god is true i will throw the water and all the water stays up this nambudris they will throw the water up all through the day none of the water they were actually took a long, lot of shower actually and thomas took the water threw it up not even a drop and that's why you will find this humongous population the high caste population from kerala they get to know the lord and they the some of them say even the mar thoma is the thomas from mar mar is actually the the latin word for sea so i don't know all the details but my point is this if 2000 years ago a guy came here to preach the gospel and still we live in a country where less than 5% are christians and out of that 5% not even 1% believes that empowering women is a godly thing we have a serious problem and here we have a culture we call it bharatamada even our tamil nadu we had a cm seivirgala you know vote poduvirgala amma yeah and before amma every minister had like a piles complaint you know they all will do like this and amma passed away every retired actor wants to be a politician a 70 year old wants to be a politician and he doesn't even know what he is telling you know anyway i'm not getting into politics but this is my point you know we have women in the we have women in the society but inside the church no it's, it's a serious thinking my prayer is that papa's house is going to spread we're going to go and pioneer in other cities and i believe women will be the pastors in that place amen i'm i'm seriously dreaming why because this is a time as body of christ to wake up and say god why have you missed it paul anki chose church i don't know whether you have been to korea been to korea a few times and one of those beautiful uh, church paul anki chose church and he started with three people he his wife and a mother in law today they have 1 million people 10 lakh people in his church and 40000 pastors 25000 pastors are women pastors and he said something very humorous you know you put women in as pastors the news goes faster <laughs> no wonder jesus first he resurrected <laughs> he revealed because the other guys the bunch of bozos one wants to go for fishing he's like i'm going to go fishing anybody coming with me yeah me too brother 
And Jesus like, oh my goodness, I took you three and a half years, showed you all the miracle, walked on water, you know, told you to pay tax from the fish. You want to go fishing? Okay. The great commission will be revealed. Amen. Guys, this is my point. The reason why the Greeks believed the woman was important because the women were the temple priest and the temple priest where if you do the research they are called the temple prostitutes out of which even in India we have Devadasis you know what is a Devadasi? yeah Devadasi is a temple prostitute what is a temple prostitute? it's not a mean word see the English translation prostitute is a name that we call it for a call girl ah, someone cheap you throw the money she comes but the temple prostitute is something like if she chooses you to sleep with her, it's like Benin and Joyce Mayer anointing you. That kind of influence she has over you. So if you go and sleep with a temple prostitute in a Greek culture, that's what it means. So that's why they were adoring. So Paul actually was bringing correction. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, let's do a couple of scriptures, okay? Turn with me, 1 Corinthians. Let's read from verse 33. It's very interesting how it says. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the saints. Who is writing, by the way? Paul. Who was he? A former Pharisee who hated women, who hated women equality. But the encounter of the cross changed his life upside down and he writes this 13 letters and here only 3 letters he brings a little clarification he says in all the congregations of the saints women should remain silent in the churches they are not allowed to speak but must be in submission as the law says but if they want to inquire about something they should ask their own husbands at home for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church did the work of God originate with you or are you the only people it has reached? So what was he doing? He was actually bringing a chaotic, messed up theology into perfection. What was he saying? You think you came first? Did the work of God originate from you? No. It came from man. And the man means male and female. See, when we translated, these guys when they translated, bear with me, don't lose me here. When they translated, they didn't translate properly from the Greek. Hebrew word for man and the Hebrew word for male are two different words. Okay. Kapish? The Greek word for man and the Greek word for male is the same. So whenever they translated this, they put together wherever there is supposed to be man, they put just male. So that's where there is such a confusion where it brought such a division. I'll read one more scripture. And it goes on and says, verse 36, let's read. Did the word of God originate with you or are you the only people it has reached? If anybody thinks he is a prophet or spiritually gifted, let him acknowledge that I am writing to you as the Lord's command. If he ignores this, he himself be ignored. What was he saying? God designed women to be placed equally to men. The Greek culture put it above. And the Indian culture puts women below. What Paul was doing here, he was giving the equal rights. 
putting women next to man and say this is how you are created this is how you are originated see i grew up in a machista culture i never saw women can be a pastor when my grandpa died in the year of 1979 my grandma became the first woman pastor in our denomination called the indian christian assembly they planted more than 60 churches and more than 40 churches left why because they believed women can never be a they said ah oh, she is wearing pants now you know the term she is wearing pants she wants to be a boss but you know what she pioneered 11 churches and she was not even eighth standard pass god used to that woman to pioneer churches in tamil nadu in kerala in andhra so i came from a family where i know the work of god through women has been established but we have a culture here that puts women down how many of us know the story of asifa how many of us know that that's the only story made it to the news there are so many stories that didn't make it they say one in every 10 stories make it to the mainstream media that means there are nine asifa stories you and me don't have a clue it is time for us in the church to rise up and to see women as the way god sees women and if we do that the body of christ will be empowered and if the body of christ is empowered the church will be empowered and the, through the church the nation will be empowered today we don't see we want to create rules rules are not going to change the hearts and minds of people people are debating life sentence death penalty that's not going to change what's going to change is the hearts and minds of the people it starts with us here amen it should start with here and that's why my prayer is in even india culture the man walks in the front the woman follows you know there is a reason why they walked in the ancient days they were walking in the bush and they don't know where it is there must be some snakes on the ground so the man make sure he walks in the front clears the path even 2000 years later even the guy thinks there is snake in the supermall there are no snakes in the supermall but this is the mindset guys i am asking you to think give yourself a benefit of your doubt by just thinking the way god thinks in the bible okay there's two school of thoughts is this the first one people think why paul said women should keep quiet women should not talk because women were like making noise because women were illiterate they all came with big big jewels and making noise and so the um, paul said keep quiet but that's not true because the greek women already were empowered they they had the controlling power so that thought actually it doesn't exist so paul was actually giving a thought my suggestion is paul was giving a thought by saying hey think how did god created he created adam inside adam you were there so he was rearranging the perspective so that the church can grow healthy see any church this is my point even in papa's house if we don't have a healthy doctrine it's going to fade out that's why i'm nailing this about women if i think as the pastor of papa's house if i think women could be second class citizen women could never preach roshni preached here the, in fact the first person who preached absence of me was roshni and afterwards justin preached why because i do believe that by empowering women you're empowering what god is saying you're not doing beyond what god is calling you you are just agreeing with god 
And when you agree with God, something changes in the spiritual climate. You become body of Christ together, equally empowered. You call brothers and sisters. There is such a beautiful scent. And out of that fragrance comes a, a beautiful lifestyle. People look at it and say, well, this is, doesn't look like a normal church. It looks like a family. I feel the warmth. You know, there are some Hindus walk here and they say, I feel a good vibration, brother. We don't do any vibrating thing. They don't have a vocabulary. What is that? What is that? They feel the presence of God. That's so tangible. They say, I see a warmth. There is a vibration. We call the presence of God. But that can easily get out of this door if we think, oh man, woman can never preach. Woman can never pastor. Woman can never give communion. You know, I believe one day the woman in this papa's house is going to baptize. Amen. I believe one day you will lead people in the kingdom of God in a tangible way. But that's why. Because I just want to be on the right side of the history. And to be on the right side of the history means to agree with the mind of God, not with my denomination. Amen? Okay, now, the application. How do we apply? I'm going to give you a couple of simple applications. Okay? You can write it down. These are thoughts you need to ask yourself. What are some of the preconceived ideas I have towards women? You got to be very, very honest with yourself. Okay? And you don't need to tell me this is between you and God. And even women, you can even write it down. How you are treated in the body of Christ. How are you treated? Are you treated equally? Are you treated unequally? And if that was the case, there is a genuine place you need to come and say, God, I bring this challenge before you. Would you please release this? Because a bitter heart, God cannot use also. A lot of women... They are bitter. Why? Because they are not empowered. They feel so bitter. There are women are restricted only in two places. Kitchen and bedroom. You cook my food, you produce my babies. This is how the culture also. They call pastor, pastor amma. Hello? You get my point? This is how it has come to a place where we don't see a fruit Why guys, after 2000 years, still Christianity is such a minor point in our place? Why Korea has got 40% Christians? You go to the streets of Korea, it's so beautiful. Even at 12 o'clock in the night, you can walk as a woman freely there. Can you walk 12 o'clock in the night? I mean, if you walk evening 6 o'clock in the night, you will be like, hallelujah. Why? Because we have 2000 years old culture of soaked up Christianity still we are messed up I believe this very strongly the day the church wakes up and say wow I need to agree with the mind of God I'm going to empower women I'm going to allow women to co-lead with me to co-conquer with me that is the day India will bow its knee before the king of kings Amen I truly believe that. I am not trying to be emotional, trying to manipulate you with some sentiments. The day will come. Guys, listen. Mark it down. The day will come in India, even if your generation or in your future generation. The day will come when the church wakes up and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm going to agree with your mind. I'm going to empower women. You will see radical transformation in the society. Church don't have an answer. What is the answer we have for the rape 
what is the answer we have for the dowry hello christians are beaten yesterday i was listening to one of my friend was telling the story like how his wife was beaten by the pastor's son because the dowry was not paid in full that's in the church guys we have amazing testimonies here who have not received like jyotis and navin and and justin have not received any dowry that's so beautiful an ordinary rickshaw puller in kerala receive 5 lakhs and at least a tv is 50 no no not tv is 50 now it's hero honda i believe when the church wakes up and say well i am not impotent i am potent i no need someone's money to take care i can do i can take care it's so funny in 2009 my wife came and we were sitting and talking and my family was talking about cultures and dowry and she didn't know that word dowry she she nudged me and said what is this dowry i'm like <laughs> so i married a girl who had no clue what the heck dowry means guys i am not joking this is the reality if the church wakes up and say well she herself is the greatest dowry in my life the beautiful treasure god has given i'm going to run god has given me enough strength he has equipped me he has given me the perfect mind he has given me the abilities i can able to make money that can sustain my family in future generation because the anointing of god is upon me when the church wakes up to that we will see empowerment the what do the church says podrada pot anupungayya whatever you give give it to her don't stop it so that's my point if the church have found out how jesus thought in the old days the man has to give hello if you look at it in the bible the man has to give it's still practiced in the middle eastern culture if you go to egypt the guy actually takes a truck load of stuff goes to the bride's house he stops the truck in front of the house he stands there and he calls forth the father of the bride say please come look i have everything to take care of your daughter can you please and that the father will say if this is the tradition it's not anymore but the tradition still goes on like this if that is the case the father will leave the daughter into the truck and they both together go and start their life now the guy comes with a empty truck oh sorry i bought a tata yes but let me go bring another big car truck fill it up and there is a small space is there fill that also guys if the church wakes up we will see transformation if the church wakes up we will see total reformation in the society